And so this could not be interpreted as somebody being in the wrong place at the wrong time and just happened to have a bad day. This was calamity, and God allowed it to happen. These were extraordinary suffering, and they had to be, because if they were ordinary sufferings, it would be no experiment. It would be no demonstration of anything. And so it had to be something extraordinarily calamitous to really show that Job was a man who loved God for the right reasons. And that's what this is all about, loving God for all the right reasons. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and today we're going to look at the story of Job. He's, uh, this is one of those stop-and-go sermons where we will look at a little section of Job's story and try to shed some light upon it and then move on to, to see the interaction, the drama between Job, Satan, and his so-called comforter friends, and then how the story winds up at the end. A thrilling story, and an encouragement to every Christian that in the darkest hour of our Christian lives, God is there controlling, and there's nothing that the devil can do against the child of God that the Lord himself will not control. And so we are trusting, and that's the message. Keep on trusting in the Lord in the midst of your troubles and trials. And as we go through this message of Job today, may the Lord minister to your heart to strengthen your faith. So stay tuned as we let the Bible speak on Job. Amen. We're back in Job chapter 1. And the men in the recording room asked me, what was my text? And I struggled. And I came up with the words of Job, doth, of, of Satan, doth Job serve God for naught? And that's in Job 1 and verse 9. Now, I say I struggled because today I want to simply tell you the whole story of Job. But firstly, let me ask you, who here this week, from last Monday morning until today, has had the patience of Job? I think I will allow the wives to answer that one. I think they would be the best to give an honest answer. It's a very common statement. That man, that woman has the patience of Job. It demonstrates a lot about character. It demonstrates a lot about a person's willingness to put up with that we might minister even to others. This story of Job is a fearful story, because what if it happens to us? If it can happen to the very best of men, it could happen to you and me. We wouldn't rank with Job at all. And if he suffered so terribly for such a long, enduring struggle, it could happen to me. But it's also a very helpful story. It applies to the businessman. It applies to the patient 
in hospital that is struggling with sickness. It applies to the bereaved, and it applies to the bankrupt. And so there's a great scope of application in this story of Job. But I have to also announce that Job, as far as the Bible states, never found the answer. Never got a reason for why all of this came upon him. And so it's a very surprising story. But to us, it's a most encouraging story because we get to read the end of the book. And to Job, everything is doubled up. It's a demanding story for readers because it's one story and 42 chapters. I challenge you to sit down and read the whole book of Job in one sitting. And it's therefore a very challenging book to preachers, because in reality, we can't just take one text and give the bird's eye view, the big picture of what's happening in the life of Job. And so here we go today to simply tell the story. But it's the story about a man's testimony. And that's where it applies to you and me, because you ought to be very careful about your testimony, what your profession is, and what the reality is in your life according to your statements as a Christian. Now, it's the story of a man who was very careful about his testimony. We come to this term where it was said of him that he eschewed evil. Eschewed evil. That means that he resisted it. That means that he fought back against evil and sin. We are introduced to this unbelievably good man, and you would think he would have no struggles, no sin problem. Well, he was a realist. He was living in a real world, a fallen world, a world, as we learn here, where Satan is busy and where he struggled, he fought and resisted against sin. He lived a life of repentance, always seeking to be more and more free from and living more and more in the victory of the power and the grace of God. And you so live in this world today. If you're like Job, sin vexes you. Sin brings no pleasure to you, whether you see it in others, and of course you tremble lest it would come into your own life or to the life of your children. And we learn in chapter 1 about Job offering sacrifices daily for each and every one of his children, one sacrifice for each son and each daughter. And Job feared, especially in their happy times of feasting, that they would curse God or sin against God. And so daily he offered sacrifices to God. You can see then how careful this man was about guarding his own testimony, keeping sin far away, and applying the gospel remedy to sin and all its problems. That's what we must be doing to be like Job. We need to resist 
the devil. We need to flee from temptation. We need to run to the cross every day. We need to plead the power and the victory of Calvary every day for our own lives and for those that we love and care for and for the cause of the Lord Jesus. Now, some people struggle with the idea that as a Christian, we should live in fear. Well, it's right to fear sin. And a right fear of God brings a right fear of sin into your life. And such objectors who say, well, we shouldn't be living in fear, we shouldn't be always worried about reverence, such neither know the nature of God nor the true nature of sin. The more that we get close to God and know Him, the more we live in His fear, and the more we live in the fear of sin. As we move on in the story of Job, we come to the testimony of a man who was in danger of losing his testimony. We learn in this book of Job, the first chapter, that Satan is out to destroy the godly. Look at verse 7. The Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? That's like what you would have said to someone today. What have you been doing all week? Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered unto the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and walking up and down in it. And there he is there, as Peter would have said, as a lion, the roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And in this relentless work of Satan, and in the mighty controlling power of God, Job gets sandwiched into this crucible of becoming now an experiment. God holds out Job. Hast thou considered my servant Job? That there's none like him. He's upright. He's godly. He even uses the word perfect, or at least that's how it's translated in our Bible. It means that he is without any obvious sin or problem in his life. As far as anyone can see, he's a blameless man. And God says, Hast thou considered my servant Job? And now Satan's work begins. There's a reason for Ephesians 6 in the Bible of the Christian armor, that we are to withstand the wiles of the devil by putting on the gospel armor. We're living in a world where Satan is very busy, and he seeks to destroy. And every child of God needs God's protection. Because in this world, we are walking in enchanted ground. You are treading on the enemy's territory. The God of this world claims everything that you go to do and touch. And remember something. Your testimony is the most valuable thing that you possess. It's worth more than your car. It's worth more than your house. It's worth more than your health. It's even worth more than wealth and life itself. When we learn about the martyrs for Christ, they were seeking to maintain their testimony, choosing death that they might be faithful unto God. Poor Job without knowing the issues of this contest between God and Satan. And that's the problem. He was in the dark. He didn't hear this conversation between God and, and Satan. He wasn't up there when the sons of God or, or these wicked devils came 
to interview with God. Job was down on the earth, busy. And then suddenly, as if out of nowhere, all the powers of the devil were let loose against him. So much so that there were four waves of calamity, all in one day. All in one day. A messenger, one after another, after another, telling Job, camels are gone. The oxen's gone. The sheep are gone. Your servants are gone. Your sons and daughters are gone. And so this could not be interpreted as somebody being in the wrong place at the wrong time and just happened to have a bad day. This was calamity, and God allowed it to happen. These were extraordinary sufferings, and they had to be, because if they were ordinary sufferings, it would be no experiment. It would be no demonstration of anything. And so it had to be something extraordinarily calamitous to really show that Job was a man who loved God for the right reasons. And that's what this is all about, loving God for all the right reasons. John the Apostle was on the Isle of Patmos in exile for Christ's sake. And the Bible tells us in Revelation 1 that he was there for the Word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Your testimony needs to be preserved at all costs, and it may cost you friends, money. It may cost you ease and comforts in this life. It may even cost you physical suffering. And for some around this world, they face imminent death if they will not deny the name of the Lord Jesus. Is this strange? Is this something that, this is medievalism. This is something out of a dark world that's not reality. Well, let's go to the New Testament here, to 1 Peter chapter 4 and to verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 4 and the verse 12. And I want to, I want to read what, what Peter said to new Christians. If you know the book of Peter, it was to young believers. And he said to them, Beloved, these are Christians now. Beloved, and Peter loved them. The Lord loved them, and Peter loved them. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. And Peter didn't give them an opt-out clause. He didn't say, well, if you live in a certain way, you will avoid trouble. But he said, this is going to come, the fiery trial, which is to try you. But don't count it as some strange thing that happened unto you, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, or as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed. And so there's a real devil, a real spiritual warfare. There's a need for putting on the Christian armor in this world. 
to fight against the wiles of the devil, his darts and his oppositions, and this is our responsibility. You're to own this. You're to realize that that's part of being a Christian. You can't be a Christian and ask to opt out. You can't be a man or woman with your name written in the Lamb's book of life, having the assurance of heaven of professing to love the Son of God and say, but I didn't sign up for the suffering part. And Job discovered that too, even with such a testimony as he had from God. A man who was upright, eschewed evil, was perfect, and even lived in the power of the blood of Christ. That's what those sacrifices point to, the sacrifice of Calvary. So, if you're a Calvary Christian living in the daily light of the finished work of the cross and the power of His blood to give you the victory in this world, you still can't opt out of the struggle. Now, that brings us to the story now of a man fighting for his testimony. He is in this battle now, and in chapter 2 and verse 3, you will see that in the midst of all this, he maintained his integrity, his innocence. Let's read verses 1 to 3. And again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them to present himself before the Lord. And the Lord said unto Satan, From whence comest thou? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, and that feareth God, and escheweth evil, and still he holdeth fast his integrity? You remember how he would not curse God. He said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. And he maintained his integrity, his innocence. But you notice what the devil was trying to do in verse 3, at the end of verse 3, to destroy him without a cause. That's the hard bit. Because the moment that calamity comes, the question is why? But there's no cause. There's no logic to this. You can't lay it out and say X equals Y, and you get this result. We're all bamboozled. Why? And there's no answer, because there is no cause. There's nothing in Job that the devil can lay hold of, but he's out to destroy him. And then Satan was permitted to take away his health. Remember his argument, well, he'll, Job will uh, love God not only for possessions, but for good health. And then he was permitted to take away that, and he ended up sitting in the ash heap, scraping his boils in dreadful pain. Those boils, some think, is a form of, of leprosy. And he was a terrible sight, a terrible sight. And when you get to chapter 3, you can see how this calamity seeped into the depths and the recesses of his life depression, dark, not knowing anything. How could this happen to a good man? In chapter 2.11, you'll notice that his three friends come along, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar. They made an appointment together. That means they arranged to meet up, and all three of them would go and 
minister to Job. We're told in verse 11 uh, that they came to mourn and to comfort. That's good, isn't it? That's really nice, to comfort. And the word comfort means to sigh. Have you been there where words fail you? And all you can do is sigh. I know of a minister, a young pastor, who was called into a home of bereavement. Sudden death came to the family. And on the way, he had thought on how he would talk to the family and try and comfort them with some words that may help. When he got there, he couldn't speak. He just sat down and cried. And later he left without saying a word. You know, that was the best pastoral ministry that he could extend, just to weep where others are weeping. And I think that these three friends did that for a considerable time. They just sat with Job in silence for a long while, and they sighed together. And then, of course, the silence was broken. Now, these three friends, Eliphaz, his name means, my God is gold. Eli Faz. Faz is gold. We'll call him the golden boy. And you'll find that in his words to Job, he was always talking about purity. You know this, what Peter talked about coming through the fire as pure as gold. Well, Eliphaz was ministering to Job all the time about purity and being clean. And these words come up again and again in his speech. Now, of course, this was a dreadful sound in Job's ear, because in it was the accusation that Job was not clean, and it was due to some sin and some hidden secret thing in his life, for this that calamity had come upon him. And of course, all of this was applied to Job. Bildad, we're going to call him the prosperity guy. Bildad, when you read what he said to Job, he was always talking about prosperity, that God makes the good to prosper. It's the wicked that fall into calamity. And he preached the prosperity gospel to Job. If you look at chapter 8 and verse 7, you will see a little sample of this. Um, well, verse 6 and 7. If thou wert pure and upright. Oh, notice the dagger there. If, oh Job, if you were the true man that you say you are, you were pure and upright, surely now God would awake for thee and make the habitation of thy righteousness prosperous. So here's the prosperity guy. And he's saying that if you're walking with God and living for God, all will be prosperous. All will be well at all times, even here on earth. Now, so far, the third friend I'm going to call him the go-so-far guy. Zophar, go-so-far. And if you look at chapter 11, verse 7, you'll see his words, Can't thou by searching find out God? These men who came to comfort Job, and there was no reason for his suffering, and they wanted to find a reason. They thought the only way to get to the bottom of the issue is we must get a reason. And so one thought it was lack of purity. One thought that he would be prosperous if he was truly righteous. And one thought he didn't really know God. Some comforters. 
But if you read the three accounts together of these three comforters, you will find that they all bought into the prosperity gospel. The idea that if you are giving to God, walking with God, serving God, that you will always live in prosperity. And it has the theology of this, the idea that a good God and a just God will always reward the godly man here and now, here and now. And it's the idea that God owes men riches for serving Him. That's the prosperity gospel. And it's not true. You're listening to Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and I think we have learned today that the book of Job is really a pastoral issue. It's the issue of so many people. Why is God doing this to me? Or why is God allowing this in my life? And pastors get that question all the time. And in each of our experiences, we've had reverses, maybe sickness, financial loss, or some calamity that was really out of the blue, and we're left without any answers. Well, so was Job. Job did not get answers to the why. But we know that it was the drama of God glorifying his name by confounding the devil. The devil threw out the challenge, and he took up that challenge to bring Job down that he would curse God. And of course, that really is the issue of guarding our testimony. And every day, the born-again Christian is fighting for his or her testimony. And you have to stand up against all the, the evils of this world and the many things that are unfair in this world and just trust God in the midst when there is but fog and gray, when you don't know what is happening and what the future holds, we are cast upon faith, trusting in the Lord alone. Now, we know the end of the story for Job, and we'll certainly get that to that tomorrow in part two of this message. The end of Job's story is the mighty, amazing reward that God gave to Job, and how he increased his latter end, doubling everything, even the number of children that he enjoyed. Now, he got the same number of children, but those first children were not lost. They're in heaven. And so now Job is with, in heaven with all of his children. And of course, that is a great comfort to the Christian also. Even when we lose family members, there is life beyond the grave. There is a reunion in glory for the Christian. And God will make all things well. He will vindicate his name. He will answer the wise. And he will give us full answers. Let's therefore trust him. Now do join us again tomorrow for part two of this message on Job. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 187 Avenue, Surrey, at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. On our website you can find gospel articles, 
links to our sermons and our gospel booklet called A New Beginning. There you can find a link to our Sunday services that are broadcast online. For all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30am and 6pm to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of his precious word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer at 7.30pm every Wednesday evening. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day from September to June at 9.30am. You can contact us using our office number which is 604-576-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please go to our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will lead you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. And this is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today and be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on this station for our full or church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of his word.